Hi, this is your host, Candace Nolan, and welcome to the latest edition of Can't Dis podcast. In the middle of the lockdown, my husband Morris and I were excited about a brand new food product that had just been launched. It's called Pop Sticks, and as the byline goes, it's pop on the outside with tasty sauce inside. Pop has never before been packaged and consumed in a convenient format. It's like South Africa's own answer to slap chips or even pies. Join us as we sit down with Managing Director Grant Merritt. Let's, really just, let's just go a little bit back um, before before this idea came about. Yes. Who are you? Are you an entrepreneur? <laughs> yeah. What so, industry are you involved in? Yes, yes. About so, thank you so much. Um, so, uh, agriculture is mm-hmm. really, is really oh. my focus. Oh. <laughs> exactly. So, um, so, I was born in Johannesburg. I grew up in Zimbabwe. And I was uh, farming, uh, from farming there uh, for many years. Okay. Came back to South Africa about 14, 15 years ago. And have continued uh, to be involved in agriculture. But at a very primary level. So, uh, raw material production, uh, be that uh, different crops, uh, fish. And I suppose that um, that, that career, which is, which is now 35 years, uh, has taken to me, me to lots of different countries in Africa mm-hmm. and to very many rural uh, places in Africa in which I've worked. And I've continually rec- recognized that um, one of the... the one of the key things that uh, we need to address in the future is obviously getting good nutrition uh, available and at an affordable price throughout the country. Mm-hmm. You know, the people and, that need it. And I'm not just talking about South Africa. I've worked in Lesotho, I've worked in Zimbabwe, Zambia, the DRC, mm-hmm. Kenya, Uganda. Uh, so so through, throughout uh, sort of sub-Saharan Africa. And wherever I go, as you get into the more rural areas, uh, what's missing is good nutrition at an affordable price in many instances. So, so that sort of, um, let's say, formulated an idea which was, uh, is there not a better way to, to, to get uh, good nutrition out uh, across a wide part of our, our population in a, in a very much more affordable way than, than what is currently uh, available? And that, that, I suppose, formulated the initial idea as to, well, what would a product like that look like? So, so that was, let's say, how my background in agriculture uh, helped to give structure to, to this idea. Yeah, I mean, I, I did a podcast a, a couple of months ago about uh, the hunger situation in South Africa, and they were saying it's not that there's not enough food or nutrition, it's just that people don't have access to affordable nutrition. Exactly. So I suppose that's what you, 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 you're talking about. A- 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 yeah. ab- absolutely, yeah. you know, um, that we have enough maize or we have enough wheat is one thing, but um, getting it to people in a convenient uh, way to, to, to actually access um, is, is not easy and, and that's for many uh, many different reasons uh, value chains uh, is, is one of them you know at each link in the value chain uh, cost is added and the price goes up and so what, what we saw was very important was to have a product that didn't need to be refrigerated 
And of course, if you don't need refrigeration, then it's much easier to transport the product and to, to get it to more rural uh, populations at a cheaper price. Mm. Uh, but, but, but that being said, um, it's not only about uh, rural populations. More than half of our population is now urban. Mm. And in, 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 in urban populations, it's almost worse because the ability to produce food for yourself uh, is, of course, very, very limited. Mm. Uh, in, in fact, negligible, really. Mm. So, therefore, our rural populations are definitely... Uh, our urban population, sorry, are more and more uh, reliant on convenience foods, and so um, what we what we looked at was um, if there wasn't a, a better compromise between cost and convenience. I was going to say uh, what what I liked about it is that it's an alternative side. You know, like you, you uh, nowadays you go for fast food, you've got your chips or. Uh, what do they McDonald's, do? Wedges, um, yes. you know, all this processed Salad. food, yes. um, not nutritious, not healthy, mm, slop exactly. chips. Exactly. I mean, I mean, I, re I recall my instance with um, uh, slop chips and um, I ended up becoming overweight, completely yes. unhealthy. Yeah. I started developing these funny things on my face. I didn't realize as a result of the oil that was in my bloodstream exactly. that was really causing me to become lethargic and things yeah. like that. And people have that alternative. Uh, that was the only alternative on the street that I worked on. Exactly. And it was just a terrible. And now I'm completely into the whole fitness thing. Yes. Now. I, unfortunately, lockdown kind of messed up my routine. But um, yeah, but I'm, I'm back into it now. So, so I, Morris, I agree. I, I think I think that in general, um, convenience foods are tending towards uh, becoming more healthy. Um, but uh, but definitely, what, what what you say is quite correct. If one looks at uh, sugars and fats and, and, and those sort of things, uh, you 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 ideally want to avoid that. And so, therefore, that was that was an objective. Uh, Bring down the cost, make it easy to uh, to get to uh, multiple uh, parts of the population in, in both urban and rural areas, and incorporate food groups which we have all grown up with and all love, mm. and are, are healthy and nutritious. Oh, yeah. uh, that, that, that was really a, a key thing, and so it was a case of can we create convenience at the right price? and with the right nutrition. And uh, I feel that our products definitely go a long way to, to addressing that. So just tell me, where were you when you got the idea? Was it, did, did it happen? Was it something that happened over a period of time or was it a spur of the moment, spontaneous so, so, kind of? So, so, so Candice, look, the truth is it's been a, a huge team effort. And uh, the initial conversation was uh, sitting with, with, with two good friends um, and discussing the idea and uh, the, the concept of the, the product came up and we said, well, wow, if we could create something like that, um, it, would, it would be wonderful. And we took a little bit of, um, let's say, guidance from the other fast foods that exist uh, around the world. And we, we said, okay, fine, let's do something really homegrown. So, so that was where the, the, the concept started and in the, in the coming months we said, well, let's look and see if we can, if we can even get close to developing this thing. And uh, we had some early success, 
Oh. And so we said, great, you know, let's let's really, uh, you know, make this a, a focus point for us. Um, and what followed was the, the, the next couple of years of R&D, getting the product right, getting the taste right, stabilizing the product so that yeah. the shelf life was okay, um, developing technologies which could be scaled up so we could do real industrial scale uh, production, getting a, a certified factory, testing the market, uh, driving the costs down as far as we could. And, um, and really that, that has been a, a team effort that has involved many different people uh, along the way. Have they, have they all have similar backgrounds to you in terms of agriculture or, quite or business or founding? Yeah, quite, quite, quite different. So we've had uh, chefs, we've had uh, food technologists working with us, engineers, um, and, and definitely a strong component of people with good business backgrounds looking and saying, listen, guys, this is a nice dream, but uh, unless you can get the cost right, then you're going to have a product that is going to be too expensive, for example. So uh, it's it's been multiple uh, different uh, inputs coming from different uh, people with different backgrounds. How has your concept of the product changed over the last four years, would you say, from like your original idea to, to the final product? I, I suppose the, the thing that changed the most was, was really uh, getting the correct mix of flavors. And... At the moment, we have a range of three flavors, and I think that's really just the start. But um, I think perhaps we, we thought of flavors very simplistically uh, when we started. We thought one flavor will be enough. Uh, we don't really need to, to do too much. There's already so many off-the-shelf type of uh, products available. Uh, we can just use one of those. Um, and then once we started testing the market, we, we realized that particularly in the convenience food sector, uh, we, you're looking at a very discerning buyer. So price is really important, uh, nutrition is really important, but uh, above both of those is, is the issue of taste. And we quickly realized that in actual fact, uh, one, uh, one taste wasn't going to fulfill most of the population's requirements. We needed to do a, a whole range of different tasting products. And so I would say that that really took us on a journey where we have uh, made the use of uh, the services of, of different chefs who've uh, brought in different sort of tastes. And uh, we now have a, a good starting point, but, but very clearly... Um, Innovation in terms of new tastes is going to be absolutely key for us going forward. Uh, we started with, uh, with with maize meal or pup as our, our primary starch, but we are developing a range of products using rice. And going forward, we, we're looking at other uh, starches which get used throughout Africa, such mm. as cassava. Mm. Oh, that's interesting. Which is even, yeah. which is even so, so, so uh, the intention is very much to... Uh, utilize different starches and also a very much wider range of fillings. Uh, we're working on some nice sweeter ones, uh, not, 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 not throwing in lots of sugar, but um, particularly we found interest uh, for, in particular, children's lunch boxes. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, children are yeah. looking or mums are looking for something. Yes. Uh, yeah, a little bit sweet. And <laughs> exactly. So, exactly. that would obviously incorporate different sizes and different kind of combos. Yes. In terms absolutely. Of, so, okay. we, we have a, we can, we can obviously make the product bigger or smaller. 
and uh, I think that will go together with the flavor for a particular market segment. Mm -hmm. So for the kids' lunch boxes, uh, we, we hoping to release some products using uh, interesting things like peanut butter. And uh, that peanut will be... Pop. Hmm, that's interesting. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, more like, like uh, uh, we have for breakfast. Yeah, that was a stable meal uh, in breakfast. I know in, uh, you say you come from Zimbabwe. Yes. I know that's exactly what they used to have as a stable Very much uh, so. diet in the morning. Very much uh, so. Mealy meal porridge with, exactly. with uh, peanut butter, a scoop of peanut butter in wow. it. And it just tastes phenomenal, and it gives you that energy throughout exactly, the day. Exactly, yeah. exactly. You know, the the, the yeah. energy uh, is is wonderful, mm. and but you know that that starch is, is so important in terms of having a meal that really does fill you up. Mm. And and wherever I go uh, throughout uh, our our neighbouring countries, also you know people say, listen, we love pup because we've grown up with it. Number one, but you know that if you've had a a meal of pup, then you're not going to be hungry quickly. It really does yes. fill you up. It gives you that energy. Mm. Uh, but but equally, once you start going a little bit further north, uh, cassava becomes very interesting mm. and very mm. important. For example, in the DRC, and uh, and equally, we see a, a trend where rice is becoming more popular. So those two starches in particular, we are busy working with. So the idea, Candice, is that we do start or keep adding to our range uh, to keep customers interested and, uh, you know, to bring in different tastes. Mm. So I think, I think that probably is the one thing that we underestimated at the start mm. and have recognized as we've moved along is, is really critical to the product. Mm. You know, uh, Trevor Noah has this joke, um, he, he calls it double pop. I don't know if you've heard. <laughs> double pop. <laughs> like, we knock out after you tell this. Yeah. Uh, yes. Mitigate. <laughs> yeah. and I mean, it's a silly question, yeah. but I mean... <laughs> Yeah. The, uh, the, the, the serving size, I suppose, would be so, like a single serving yes. in, that, uh, in that role. In that. Exactly. So, so what, we've, what we've done is um, we, we, we've tried and we've received lots of input over the, over the years. Uh, and we initially started with a, with a bigger product, uh, but we found it was most people are very happy with 250 grams, which is our standard product. And uh, for children, down to 200 grams is, is more than enough. Okay. So... We, yeah, we, we found that uh, somewhere between there, 200 and 250 okay. represents a nice meal because at the end of the day, we're not offering a snack. Mm. What we're offering is a meal. And so therefore, what was very important for us is to make sure that the size of the product and the nutrition that it, uh, it brings to the table uh, does represent a meal. And you know what? Oh, okay. What we what we saw is critical is the the pup will give you great energy, being a really good clean carbohydrate. But but equally, we knew it was important to add a bit of protein. So if you take, uh, for example, our uh, chili soya beef uh, product, uh, the protein in there is very similar to uh, what you would find in a standard uh, hamburger. Okay. Although there's no animal protein, it's all vegetable protein, but nevertheless, uh, you get the, the protein of a burger uh, and with, with great energy coming from the pup. I like what you said, because I walked into this interview thinking that uh, this is a side, this is something that accompanies your burger, instead of having chips, you have a pup stick. But you're saying that this is on its own, this is a meal on its own. Nutritionally on its own, it, it's got everything that you need for a meal. So like... You'll have your pies and then you'll have your popsticks, basically. Exactly. Yeah. I think uh, <coughs> a pie is a good is a good comparison. <coughs> um, 
but on the other hand um, for sure there, there, there is there is a um, there is a, an argument for it being used as a side and in particular our tomato and onion uh, flavor mm. uh, is very much seen as something to accompany a braai. Oh, uh, absolutely. So, so, so that product in particular was, was made to more accompany uh, a piece of meat, mm. whereas the other ones are a meal in themselves. I think what you've done here, and it, it, it's, it's very different to, to what most entrepreneurs would, would, um, would venture into. Uh, a lot of people would look at concepts that have worked overseas, like pies, for example. I mean, that's an exotic kind of product that has been brought here and it has become mainstream and adaptability and it has taken mainstream adoption. I think what you've done here is you've come in and you've looked at it from an African perspective and you have utilized that uh, a need and turned it into something completely different. You have transformed a product. You know, it's, it's, it's literally gone from a caterpillar to a butterfly. <laughs> well, thank you, you know, it's, <laughs> but, it's but you're, quite, you're quite right. I mean, you know, wherever you go, uh, you go to uh, Mexico and you find a taco and you're in North America and mm. it's a hot dog and in Japan it's a sushi roll. Mm. And, uh, and so, so it goes on. And wherever you go, there are these wonderful fast foods. That, that, that really are representative of, of the culture in that country. Absolutely. And when we looked in South Africa, yes, we have, we have a couple of, of really uh, very nice uh, meals, but, but not really available in a uh, on, your, on the on go the sort of format. Mm. So, so as well as a health perspective. Can we actually do that, that we're addressing um, food safety, of course, which is very important, uh, and on the go sort of format and but 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 really utilizing uh real home ground, grown south african uh products mm. and and that absolutely was was the idea mm. um mm. get some let's let's have something homegrown yeah just on the sustainability aspect i i, I saw you mentioned uh, that you're currently using plastic for the packaging yes is there is there a plan to move away from that or is this the is this the future really? So, so I think that uh, in terms of plastics, we are working with, with, with two international companies. Um, and as they are developing for bigger, much bigger customers than us, uh, as they are developing uh, increasingly, uh, let's say, good plastics that are more biodegradable and uh, incorporate other materials, we, we, we will be bringing those lines, let's say, in. Um, we are also investigating a product which will not be uh, available under ambient conditions, but will be a, a, a product that will go into the fridge. And, and in that particular product, we will be able to move away from plastic. But for the standard range, unfortunately, plastic is something that we see as uh, we're going to have to live with for, for the medium term. Um, but I think I think there are big, much bigger companies than us that are, are working oh, on alternatives, yeah. and as those are adopted, we will equally adopt them. And I mean, it's also an affordability aspect. I mean, it's nice to absolutely. think sustainably, but mm. yes. it's very expensive too. So. I think I think that that's absolutely absolutely key. You know, uh, there are definitely alternatives uh, that one can consider, but uh, they do significantly add to add to cost. But you know, I think I think the world as a whole is recognizing that we have to move away mm. from plastics, and uh, that innovation is is definitely uh, coming to the table. 
and uh, we see it in the the plastic bottles that uh, that have you know whether it be mineral water or coca-colas those are becoming more and more environmentally friendly yeah and and as those advances are made definitely we will adopt them Okay, well, that, that makes sense. I see that, uh, I mean, this is obviously uh, something that you say you've done over, I'd imagine you said about four years yes. in its uh, research and development. Uh, I'm sure you had a lot of challenges along the way. Which, uh, you know, what is the, what is, what, what was the, the biggest challenge that you came across so, throughout so, this uh, yeah, journey? I think, I think um, getting the technology right took us took us a long while mm-hmm. uh, as much as we had some early success the initial uh, the mark one machinery that we used if we want to call it that yeah. wasn't scalable mm-hmm. so it could work on a small scale but as soon as you tried to really scale it up uh, it, it no longer worked so, so that took us some time mm-hmm. and then I would say the the next biggest thing was definitely uh, getting the products uh, to taste good and to be stable so to get a shelf life which we currently have of 90 days that that, that definitely that took is, some time yeah. and we recognized it was really important mm. because uh, there is a value chain once the product leaves the factory that needs to go through various transport processes mm-hmm. and then to get onto a shelf so i think realistically uh, one does need to have at least 60 or 90 days uh, before the product mm. needs to co- be consumed, yeah. so so that took some time. Okay. Um, so I, I would say you know it's it's been a it's been a variety of different challenges along the way, mm. uh, but but perhaps um, you know those hurdles uh, haven't really set us back too far. Uh, we've always made enough progress to warrant keep going mm, mm. and uh, we, we've yeah we've un- overcome them step by step okay have you guys sought funding i know there's a group of you involved in this but have you sought funding from from organized i could i'd imagine that retailers are like knocking on your door lining up outside just to get a piece or rights to to, to actually distribute this product I mean, tell me about some of the, the interests that so, you have. So, Morris, uh, yeah, uh, absolutely. It's, it's been so wonderful in the last weeks to, to have the, the positive sentiment coming back, uh, to have that product validation. And most certainly at the moment, uh, we are in discussions with multiple parties in terms of distribution and getting the product to retail. Yeah. And obviously what we need to do is we need to make sure that we have the manufacturing capacity to support all of those initiatives. Mm. So as much as, um, you know, it's it's wonderful, as you say, to have those people knocking on your door. We we don't want to let, let anyone down. And therefore, we need to make sure that when we enter into a supply agreement, we have the capacity to, to back that up. Mm. So very importantly at the moment, we are expanding our factory. Mm-hmm. And the intention is that we will roll out factories uh, in select provinces initially in South Africa and ultimately oh, wow. um, going across uh, borders into our neighboring countries. Yeah. That's going to take a bit of time and absolutely it's going to take money. And uh, Morris, to your question there, um, I suppose these projects go through a sequence of events. Mm-hmm. And while you're in the R&D phase, it's extremely difficult to, yeah. to find money. Mm-hmm. Uh, fortunately, uh, I've got a, a wonderful group of co-shareholders and everybody is uh, dug in hard and, and used hard-earned cash to uh, invest into the business. Yeah. Okay. Uh, 
going forward. That's very fortunate. I mean, yes. considering it's a pandemic. so I mean, a- abs- ab- yeah. Absolutely. And, and considering, you know, what, what I expected initially to be a, uh, a much shorter R&D phase, it's been fantastic to have shareholders who've supported the business and said, no, keep going, keep going. Um, so going forward, of course, uh, if, if all goes well, the the demand and the requirement for, for new factories and so on will be much greater than what the few friends mm. uh, who formed the business can, can, yeah. can handle. So there's no doubt that um, in the next phases of the business, additional funding will be required. And yeah. I think now that we have a bit of success, yeah. it should be much easier to raise that capital. But Absolutely. through the R&D phases, uh, Nobody it's, wants to it's, know, it's yeah. very, very difficult to raise, raise any sort of capital. Got you, yeah. I want to ask you just, sorry, about the, the COVID-19 pandemic. Yes. Um, did it impact on your business at all, seeing as you're involved in food production? So, so, so Candice, you know, it, it was interesting. At the, uh, at the start of the pandemic, I actually suggested to the shareholders that maybe we actually uh, sort of mothball the business for, for, for however long, whether it be six or eight months. Um, and they said, no, uh, please carry on. Uh, you're making good progress. Let's, let's, let's take the thing to the next, uh, to, through the next stages. Uh, we were actually, we, re- we received our food su- uh, safety certification for the factory at the end of last year. So oh, the great. intention was to launch the product early this year. Okay. okay. Of course, uh, the pandemic uh, put a bit of a dent in those plans. Right. But on the on the other hand, we were able to continue operating, and um, uh, we therefore said, "Look, as soon as uh, lockdown levels come down a bit, we'll 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 start with the launch on the product," and uh, that's what we've done. And I, I suppose um, no. So it it. It hasn't been uh, all bad for us. I think the, the one positive thing that perhaps is, has come out is that there is an increasing recognition of uh, the issues which, which we have seen for a while, which is affordability and good nutrition. Mm. And, and I think there is a heightened interest in products that can address those two things. 100%. So, um, so, so yes, it's been tough operating through these circumstances, but on the other hand, mm. uh, I think uh, if one was to say it was the silver lining, yes, I think that recognition mm. uh, that these are the sort of products we need for the future has definitely uh, helped focus uh, people onto our product. Mm. And, and how was the, the, the launch received? I mean, given that everybody's worried about COVID, did that have any kind of impact? So so, so we we did a very limited launch and uh, no, I think think the fact that um, the product is uh, is really completely sealed, uh, you know, so it doesn't doesn't present a a COVID risk, uh, that that was really, I think, a, a key thing that allowed us to continue and to go ahead with the launch. Uh, whereas, uh, yeah, there, there are obviously many regulations. But I mean, did it have like a, um, the, the, the pandemic and the restrictions and stuff, did that have any kind of impact on, on the launch itself or, so, or so negligible? It, so, no, that's, that's a very good question. Uh, actually, um, because of all of those things which, which you mentioned, we decided that the best way to do the launch was actually through uh, two online stores. So, okay. so we, we, we recognized doing a, a launch with lots of people uh, was, was definitely out yeah. of the question. Yeah. So we said, let's just do a limited launch. We'll do it online. So we, we, uh, we set up two online stores. 
and uh, we uh, put a few posts out in social media mm -hmm. and we okay. said listen this is going to have to be virtual but yes. okay what can we do wow. okay. and uh, and that really worked extremely well so mm -hmm. as much as it wasn't a physical launch it was a virtual launch we, we, we got the interest that we wanted we got the feedback from the public that we wanted yeah. and on the back of that we've been able to now finalize our branding mm. and uh, and as we move hopefully to from level two to level one we're, we're really able to start supporting the product with more physical mm. uh, marketing and launches etc so yeah uh, no so so you're quite correct it's a good point we we did have to do a virtual launch mm. but that's uh, not necessarily a bad thing i mean the world is moving uh into more of an online kind of space mm. so marketing strategies are changing facebook is exactly. a major player exactly. so you basically just utilize the opportunities that this covid 19 100 uh, percent and, and i think that um you know, we're really the, uh, the 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 very uh, wonderful response we've had has, has demonstrated to us to exactly exactly that the power of uh, social media and doing things virtually and being able to get products to people through an online uh, mechanism. So it it really has highlighted to us the importance of having that, and we'll continue to develop that part of the business, as well as going in through more formal structures that uh, will physically get the, the the product onto shelves. So so as simple as the product uh, looks, um, I know the most the more simpler the product, the, the, the you know the the more that goes on in the background of developing this product and putting it out and uh, making it ready for market. Uh, I'd imagine that uh, from an employment perspective and stimulus, stimulating the economy, uh, I, I think this is one of the companies that has come out of the ashes of COVID and has offered people uh, from an employment perspective uh, a great opportunity. Uh, tell me how that process has, 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 um, has transpired. Absolutely, Morris. Thank you. Yes. Uh Look, at the moment, I wouldn't like to overstate uh, our, our, our position. We're, we're still a small company, but uh, there is no doubt about it. The, um, uh, if the, if the, the public response to our limited launch is, is any sort of uh, gauge, then uh, this is a product that could become uh, very widely distributed throughout South Africa and even into our neighboring countries. And that will definitely necessitate um, a extended distribution chain. It will require additional factory space, and um, and yeah, you know what what we have is a, a process which is semi-automated, but uh, it still takes a lot of people because we build up our our products from uh, from raw ingredients. Uh, you know, so we literally have people. Uh, chopping up tomatoes and onions and mm. uh, and making up our relishes uh, from scratch. Okay. So it is it is quite labor intensive yeah. although the the final extrusion of the product is is, is automated. Mm. And it's been it's been great. I mean we would love to see a couple of factories being rolled out in the in the next year and uh, and people being employed. Mm. How many people are you currently are uh, you know employed? The the, the the team at the moment is is about 10 of us. Okay. And uh, but I think that that will be rapidly expanding oh. now as we build up our production capacity. 100%. 100%. As people start the demand grows. Exactly. exactly. From exactly. my perspective, I think what you've got right here is you've got a um, something that is going to um, 
been the homes of every South African. Mm. It's going to be a household brand. Yes. You know, like uh, these, these top, so it's going to be the Coca-Cola, you know, <laughs> well, of, of, uh, of South know. Africa. I'm telling know. you. If, it's, if we, we for, for my personal, I'm a, yeah. I'm a pop fan myself. One, yeah, and, we are absolutely. you know, I'm in the corporate space. Yes. And, you know, every now and then you just want a pop, you know. You sometimes yes. just want that pop. I mean, my, my, my wife can testify to this. There's days where I'd say to myself, Today is a pop day, and I will yes. make it personally myself. It's come to that point where I just can't resist it anymore. No, I'm, I'm with you. you know, I mean. uh, by the end of the week, if I haven't had this <laughs> one meal, it's like, no, come on, guys. Uh, you Something's know, missing and, from uh, my diet. No, it is. 100%. It is. You know, to me, you don't have to wait to have a bra yeah. or anything like that. Absolutely. So, you know, it's, it's yeah. so versatile. You can have it in the morning exactly. at breakfast. Uh, as we were saying with yeah, peanut butter, exactly, or, or you know, add a bry or yeah. whatever, it goes it goes well with so many things. A, a lovely stew together mm. with pup. So it really is uh, such a staple for us. And um, yes, of course, people will say in, in America they have grits, mm. which is which is very very similar. But uh, I don't think that uh, that anyone from our part of the world would would say it's it's not uh, it's not a really. Uh, South African uh, meal, and, yeah. and it is so. Yeah. We love it, and uh, yes, we, we do hope that um, obviously we will be able to expand the company to be mm. a bit more of a, a yeah a, a, a homegrown, well-known yeah. South African brand. Yeah, uh, that will obviously take some time, but uh, certainly uh, that's that's our objective. Mm. And uh, you know, somewhere in in the years to come, people will say, well, you know, remember the days when we wondered what a pub stick was because yeah. <laughs> at the moment sure. uh, yeah, pe- people sort of look at the, the, the product and they say well it looks interesting but I've got no idea what's what inside it, yeah. oh, okay. um, so, so as, as, as the product gets more widely known then uh, yeah I think people will know what yeah. a pub stick is and uh, that's exactly our hope is that yeah. it's something that we can pick up affordably on the go yeah. uh, whether it goes you know on the go, uh, something to eat, or whether it's going into kids' lunch boxes to yeah. take to school, uh, or people that are working long shifts at, at, at work, um, or even uh, where we've also seen opportunities in actual feeding scheme applications. Oh, yes, absolutely. So, um, we, we've developed a, a, a range. Uh, which is really all about uh, driving down the cost as absolutely far as we can um, and looking at all of the nutritional aspects and uh, considering different additives uh, to improve uh, vitamins and things like and that. Nutrition, yeah. and, and that really is specifically designed for, for feeding schemes because we do recognize that uh, the number of people who are going to be reliant on donors to provide food food for them uh, is is going to increase as a result of of COVID. So um, we hope equally there's an application there. Um, I have two questions. Firstly, um, just about the name Popsticks. Who who conceptualized that name and why? So it it was, you you know, the name was never really intended to be uh, the brand. It was it was a name that we we thought was descriptive of the product. Okay. It's a stick of pup, uh, effectively. Um, there was another connotation because, uh, of course, in every household, there's only uh, a big uh, wooden spoon that's used for mixing the pup. Yeah. So that we thought it as the pup stick. Yeah. Um, but but we we really expected uh, it would be more descriptive of the product. 
and it's the name of the company. We made, made that the name of the company. Yeah. And what's happened is it's kind of stuck, and uh, people seem to seem to quite like it. So you the know, sticker stuck. Yeah, <laughs> yes, it has. And yeah. and so therefore we said, well, you know, wow, guys, we were thinking, uh, what name are we going to use for our brand? And at the end of the day. Uh, people seem to be quite happy that Pub Stickers uh, uh, sort of fits the bill. So yes. let's let's just stick with it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then the, the the final question from me, I'm not sure yeah, if Mo has any other. Where where can our listeners find these delectable, <laughs> so <laughs> exciting products? So, so, so Candice, um, at the moment uh, we've got the two online stores in the Western Cape. We are um, doing a rollout there, so you will very quickly see the product going into informal retail. Uh, our rollout in Gauteng and uh, the rest of the country is, is a few weeks behind. Uh, so we're not quite as advanced as we are in the Western Cape. But uh, initially what we are hoping is, in addition to the online stores, we will very quickly in the coming weeks see the product available in more informal retail, mm. simply because we don't have the production volumes to support uh, a launch into formal retail at this point, but I'm hoping that will follow early next year. Informal yeah. retail, for my benefit, I have no clue. So, so let's let, let's talk more about uh, independent retailers. Oh, okay. So, so not our big uh, corporates. Um, all the way down Spaza to Spaza shops, okay. absolutely. So yeah, I'd imagine from a, from a, from a cash flow perspective, I think that would make more sense to target. You know, yeah. those kinds of stores, because I know these big retailers will, they've got their terms and conditions and 60 days after the yes. fact. Yeah. And, you know, you, you guys only get paid then and they, they take massive quantities. So exactly. that's a big chunk of your yeah. guys' cash. Exactly. So I, that's a perfect strategy. Yes. And I think it also uh, helps these small retailers uh, get the advantage over these bigger guys as well because from a monopoly perspective I think they've had the market for a very long time uh, we, we, we love we love informal retail as, as a way of really getting your brand uh, to, to into the to hands the market, of, of, yeah. of, of, our, of, of the target market 100% um, so you know I think that, um, that, that that for us is really important mm. and uh, I do I do think that uh the idea of supporting uh, smaller value chains is, is an important one. Yeah. Um, but but I think primarily, you know, formal retail, as you say, it requires big volumes. It requires a very robust company yeah. uh, with, with adequate cash reserves. Mm. And we, we, we don't want to oversell ourselves at this point. We remain a small company. Yeah. And therefore, I think we must, uh, we must deal with uh, value chains that we can really support in the short term. Uh, but I, I do see that uh, through the course of next year, yeah. uh, we would we would see the product more widely available. Uh, but but you know also, Morris, I think it, you know it will take some time for um, for people to uh, look at the product, taste the product, uh, and and for that market share really to grow. So it is it is something new, mm. and definitely uh, we do see the opportunity to build volumes yeah. quite quickly. But on the other hand, we also recognise uh, the product is it's go, it's going to take time because you know mm. up until uh, its launch, nobody knew what a pub stick was. Yeah. And now they've sort of heard about it. Uh, people are going to cautiously try, and uh, and you know to build up. Um, a really significant market share is going to take us time. Mm. Obviously, from a distributor perspective um, and logistically, 
you guys are, you know, you're based all the way out in, in Heidelberg, right? Yes. Um, so obviously from a logistics perspective, uh, to distribute, I, 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 this is my perspective on what I think your product is going to do. And I, and I appreciate you being modest about it, but I think it's the contrary, uh, you know, in this respect, I think people are going to go crazy. I think you're going to create a frenzy, if I, if I could put it that way. And obviously from a distribution perspective, um, you, you, you know, there might be some challenges in terms of ETAs and getting this, yes. the, the, you know, it to market in time. So have you guys considered like uh, independent distributors within the certain regions and sectors? And, a- and then- a- a- absolutely. So, so we, don't, we don't pretend that uh, we will be able to do that ourselves. Uh, we absolutely see the need that we will, uh, we will be working with, with strong partners. Mm-hmm. And uh, that, that process has started now. We, we're engaging with partners okay. uh, who, who are going to take the product to market for us. Mm. We are effectively, I, I, I would say, uh, we have a team that is good at operations. Uh, producing things is definitely our forte. Uh, distribution and, and marketing, and you know, definitely there we need people who know that know that game well. Yes. Uh, we, we don't we don't pretend to be experts in that at all. Mm. So, so so absolutely, you know, there we must we need to make very careful decisions about. Uh, the uh, the partners that we work with and that's an ongoing process Correct, yeah. and i think i think in terms of you know you, your comments about the product you know what what we have seen is that um it's amazing when you when you start uh, you know really getting it out there uh, people are doing very different things with it so mm. i've seen guys that uh, that take it out of the packaging and then throw it on the braai Mm. And actually crisp it a little bit. Oh, uh, yeah, which, that's which, is, incredible. which yeah. is great. And you, yeah. and you can because it's rolled up, so you just kind of a brownish crust, and and it's 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 really tasty. Mm. Um, we we've seen people who have taken it and uh, rolled it in a bit of batter and then deep fried, mm. uh, which equally must be delicious. <laughs> uh, so so I think I think yes, you know what what's been really interesting to us is how. Uh, people are finding different ways to use the product. So we always saw it being eaten out of the tube, squeeze the bottom and and eat it out the tube. And as a fast food, it works like that. But um, as something that you would actually eat at home, people are finding very innovative ways to incorporate it, uh, you know, uh, sliced, uh, fried, fried, all sorts of different ways. And that's fantastic. And I think if that continues and if we can keep innovating and finding uh, products that people can can really use like that then that that truly is going to be key um so yeah let's yeah it'll be interesting to see i think you guys have touched on um you know one aspect of it when it comes to the puff itself but you mentioned earlier that you're obviously looking at rice and cassava which definitely touch different uh, markets, if not different countries, even markets so, in South Africa, because of the, the big expat community that you have, so yes. Zimbabwe, hundred percent, and, and Nigeria. Yeah, and absolutely, yes. you know, we 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 see that um, if one one looks at uh, South Africa and our neighbours, um, pap or uh, sadza in Zimbabwe, yeah. and Sima, wherever you go, you know, different names, but. It's something uh, as 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 Africans that unites us. Oh. Is uh, this is something that we all grow together? Uh, we rely on it very heavily for food security as, mm. as different countries. 
and we eat it in different ways mm. uh, and I think that's something to be to be celebrated mm. is the way that it, it really does unite us and we would love to see those tastes uh, from our neighboring countries coming into our product range yeah uh, as you say also for, for the for the um, the the expat community but not only that uh, you know I think there would be great interest in people saying wow well, I'd love to try a relish which is 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 representative of what is used in the DRC, mm. Mm. which have fantastic relishes, by the way. Hundred uh, percent. So, and I think I think that sort of thinking leads also onto exactly uh, as you've commented, uh, using different starches. So cassava can be done in so many wonderful ways, mm. as it is as you as you typically go further up north. Mm. Um, and and really, what I would love to do is is ultimately to see that um, our team innovates a range of products which are inherently African mm. uh, but really which, uh, which, which incorporate tastes uh, and textures from, from all of our neighboring countries mm. so, so absolutely uh, I think, I think uh, a really uh, more international range of, of flavors is, is something that we yeah. are aiming to create and obviously, will you be taking this? I mean, you'd be definitely looking at distributors in different countries as well, apart from the local ones that you've currently been engaging with. Have yes. you engaged with anybody outside of South Africa? We, we, we've had we've had uh, inquiries uh, for partnerships from all of our neighboring countries, Perfect. and uh, the intention, you know, we, because the, the 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 product is pre cooked. It's, it's quite heavy relative to, to dry goods. Yeah. And this, this is something we recognized at the start. So our strategy is, is, is one where what we have done in Heidelberg is we've created the blueprint for a factory. And the intention is rather than making that bigger and bigger, what we will do is we will take that blueprint and we will put it in different provinces and ultimately in different countries around us. So uh, number one, I think it's, it's important that you support local. And in South Africa, all of the ingredients which we use are farmed right here. Nice. And equally, I think one must respect that when one moves across the border to somewhere like Zambia, it would be right to uh, employ people there to use ingredients which are farmed there and to cater for local tastes because yeah. there is a little bit of a difference. 100%. So what we might find is we, you know, we will have to adapt the product as we go into different countries. But mm. the intention very much is to is to move into our neighboring countries. Uh, but we'll do that by developing factories in those countries as opposed to trying to uh, produce everything in, in our factory in Heidelberg. Uh, we really see because the product is a heavy one and yeah. because we need to keep those logistical costs uh, really down to a minimum, mm. that that's the most cost-effective way of yeah. ensuring that we can continually match our, our, our final target for um, what the product costs uh, once it's in the consumer's hands. And then your expert opinion, is there a future for Krimmel Pop? Mel hates Krimmel Pop because he's trying to say. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I do, I do, and you know that's that, that, that's it's it's such a such an interesting question. You know when um, when we when we embarked on this on this mission, I, I could never have believed that so many people had such different opinions about pup. Yeah, yeah. More salt, less salt, uh, firmer, softer. Yeah. Uh, it it's been mind-boggling mm. as to the different uh, the different tastes. Mm. And, and you know, and you've got to cater for all exactly. of exactly. And yeah. you know, it's it's about it's it's initially been about trying to find that happy medium. 
Um, but but with, without a doubt, you know, I think that uh, that set of combinations of the type of pup and what goes well with it uh, is, is very important. Mm. So when mm. we move mm. to sweeter formulations, yeah. we might find that equally the pup needs to become less salty or maybe less firm. Uh, yeah. more of a porridgey sort of pup yeah. and, and therefore we're going to have to adapt yes. um, to make sure that the combinations work together. But Kimmel though, is there a future for that? I mean that's like a drier... It, 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 it is. <laughs> I mean you can't really package it really. It's, 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 a, lot, it's a lot more difficult. The quiet but, but yeah. there, there is no doubt um, that uh, if I take uh, when, when one moves to, to more sort of towards uh, the Zimbabwean taste Definitely a, a firmer, a firmer pup or sadza yeah. is, yeah, yeah. is, is required. Yes. Yeah, uh, definitely. They're not going to play around with hand, the, the no, yeah, no, no, not at all. No. Um, yeah. I think when one goes to the sutu, yeah. what we found there is uh, is a slightly softer pup is preferred. Yeah. So, so okay. we, we we really need to um, yeah find to, a balance, to be aware and find find a balance. Yeah. Um, and and as I say, I think I think it depends a little bit what what is going with it. If it's a savoury product, is it a sweet product? Yeah. Um, so there there are lots of different combinations to play with, and I think um, adding different starches in the form of, uh, in particular, rice and cassava is is, is also important. Uh, the the objective must be that the, um, the our customers have a wide range of different things. You know, I think innovation is going to be absolutely key uh, for this because, uh, yeah, let's be honest. I mean, one doesn't buy the, the same ice cream every time you, you go into the shop. Yeah. Um, and part of convenience foods is, in fact, uh, having a wide range of choice. Uh, look at how a uh, any of our big fast food brands, how their menus have, have changed over the years. Mm. They've got bigger and bigger. Yeah. And that's because uh, with convenience, people also want extended choice. Yeah. And so I'm sure that uh, innovation is going to be something that's really key for us. Yeah. And we would love to see um, new products being launched uh, on a quarterly basis. And uh, yeah. really, we, we aim to build from our current three. Um, yeah. And yeah, keep what it interesting. Would the, what would the rice um, product look like? I mean, would it be a stick? Would it be... It's 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 a stick. It's exactly the <laughs> okay. same, and it's not okay. it's not a rice flour. We actually have have developed a way that uh, we we take cooked rice and we extrude it into the product, just in the same way that we do pups. So uh, okay. you still have uh, individual grains of rice in there. Okay, but they package. But, uh, but it, it packs together quite nicely. Oh, I so see. So you can al almost imagine if you if you take a. A little bit like the, the the rice that you'll find in a in a sushi roll. Yeah, yeah. So it okay. yeah, sticks okay. together. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so so it's exactly yeah. that concept. And okay. We, we've actually got one where we've made uh, a rice with uh, chicken soya curry. Mm. So all of oh, our all of our um, uh, our products are vegetarian. Uh, so, but we've 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 got that one, and that'll be entering into the range quite quickly yeah. in the in the coming months mm -hmm. um and so that, watch out for that then watch out well. for that one yeah. that, that'll be the first of our, yeah, our, sort of our rice range sure. okay. so for more i mean there's different segments that you can place this but this the, the various types of products that are going to come out in different tastes and different flavors coming out here and i'd imagine that you've got a health section I know it's healthy in itself already, yes. but I mean, you know, people in the gym, uh, you know, um, wanting to keep themselves healthy yes. and, you know, these people go for 
there's a lot of people that go for instead of Simba chips, they'll go for the for the rice cakes. Yes, you know what I mean. So with that being said, I mean, how are you guys? I mean, have you? Uh, I know I'm sure you've considered the thought, which is quite a big industry in itself. Uh, are there any you know like Sneak previews. <laughs> so, so, <laughs> to that so, Morris, yeah, yeah abs- absolutely. We, yeah. we we fully recognise that um, there is a, a very important group of customers who are looking for uh, the absolutely most healthy uh, options, um, and we are definitely working on those product ranges. Uh, those those will, uh, as a sneak preview, those will not be uh, available as. Uh, ambient storage, so those will go into a refrigerated uh, uh, value chain. Okay. Uh, but in, in so doing, it, it really opens us opens up the opportunity for us to use quite a lot of different uh, ingredients, yeah. which we currently can't. Mm. So so that that refrigerated range is something that we do see coming out, uh, yeah, in the months ahead. Uh, but at the moment, we are mm. making sure we can walk before we run. Yeah. But there, there is ongoing R&D into exactly that because we do see uh, that being a very important uh, segment, segment of the market that we, we, we certainly don't want to ignore. Vending machines with popsticks, it sounds interesting. <laughs> <laughs> at the gym, you know? Yeah. Perfect. That is incredible. <laughs> exactly, yeah. exactly. Do you have any more questions? No, I'm, I'm so just as a final note, I mean, uh, it's been wonderful and thank you so much for sharing. This is such an insightful and um, interesting, interesting interview, yeah. interview, I must be honest with you. Um, obviously, from a, from a contact perspective, uh, when it comes to that, you guys have obviously set yourselves up in that regard. But just for the entrepreneurs that, have, that, are, that are emerging from this COVID-19 situation, mm. um, what advice could you give to them? It's been a journey for you. Absolutely. Uh, maybe you could it's, share it's, some it's, of your it's thoughts. A, it's a fantastic uh, question, Morris. Um, my, I think, I think my um, my thoughts from from the journey that we, we've been on, um, and I, I've started a few a few different. Uh, I've been involved in starting a few different businesses over the years, and uh, a few of the key things. Number one, do all of your thinking upfront. You know, it's it's easy to grasp onto an idea and not to really think critically as to what the, the issues that you might in, incur uh, would be. You know, it's easy to become overexcited. And and one has to be very sober in terms of evaluating your idea at the start. And it doesn't matter if it takes you a month to think about it or a, a year to think about it. Do all of the thinking first. Then once you start, don't look back. Uh, the, the worst thing that you can do is, uh, is, is make a, a bit of a start and then start questioning yourself. And did I really get this right? Is this really a good product? Um, you know, maybe, maybe we should throw the towel in. And that's why I say do your thinking up front. Make sure that uh, you are convinced that this is the right thing. And then don't look back because then you have to be very stubborn. Mm-hmm. about that's where we're going and nothing is going to stop us and uh, that that's really necessary because there will definitely be hurdles there will definitely be days that you say guys I just feel like throwing the towel in this isn't working how I wanted it to work uh, and when those times come you mustn't be questioning yourself you must say no I've thought about this carefully we have to we have to push on through this yeah. so I think I think that that determination is, is really is, is critical I don't mm-hmm. know Anyone that has started a business based on a very new product uh, that hasn't had challenging times. Mm. It's 
absolutely unavoidable. Yeah. And uh, and therefore that's that, that's almost really necessary it. sometimes. It, it is. It is. Yeah. I think. I think you. You know. It, it's. You it's. A, it's a process that you have to go through. Uh, to really uh, test yourself, test your product. Mm -hmm. So I think that's critical. Mm -hmm. And I think then surround yourself with the right people. Yeah. Uh, and that being, you know, your partners, uh, your uh, input providers, your suppliers, you know, select them carefully because mm -hmm. you're definitely going to rely on them and lean on them. Mm -hmm. and, and as I said uh, earlier, um, you know, I, I could never... Um, put my hand up and say, oh, I am the inventor of a pub sticks. Mm. Absolutely not. Mm. This has been a team effort and we would never have made the progress that we have unless there had been a team. Yeah. And and those teams bring together many different skills. Yeah. Financial engineering, food technology, yeah. chefs. Um, so surround yourself with the right team because mm. nobody has all the answers and you're going to need those expertise as you go along mm. so embrace them mm. uh, engage them in the process be honest with them uh, make them a part of your success mm. i think if you can do that you greatly improve your chances of winning mm. wow that's powerful that is powerful advice <laughs> uh, especially the, the team effort and being willing uh, to be vulnerable enough to admit that yes, you don't that you, know certain sections no, of the business itself exactly. and inviting and people finding on the right people that, this is yeah. the challenge and i think that's what uh, a lot of uh, people struggle with yes you know the the willingness to to work together mm. absolutely you know there's yeah. this there's this idea of competition yes, you know exactly. uh, and and the thought of and the anxiety of people stealing your idea yes, especially exactly. the bigger guys you know when you sit down right. with them and things like that so and, and i think i think that's the final the final point really is um you know as an entrepreneur when you do have some success there is always a propensity to hang on too tight and, and, and I think mm. many entrepreneurs make that mistake. Mm. You know, at the end of the day, well done, you've taken it that far, but, but you can't hang on to it. Mm. Because if you hang on to it too long, then all that you do is you actually uh, open up the market for, for competitors and you, you don't act quickly enough to, to build on the good start that you've got. Mm. And, and therefore, that, what does that mean? It, it, it often means that yes, you can't control everything uh, forever in the day, mm, mm. Uh, you have to you have to give away some control. You have to uh, bring in a big big brother if necessary, and uh, that goes against the the natural uh, thoughts of many entrepreneurs. But it's yeah. it's, it's a fundamental mistake. Mm. When you need a, a bigger brother, you need a big brother, and you should embrace that. Yeah. And you don't have to own everything, and you don't have to control everything. Yeah. Uh, you know, so mm. so so you must you must use your partners wisely. 100%. Wow. Last question. Who do you guys, uh, I mean, personally, who do you draw your inspiration from? What motivates you? What gets you up in the morning? Obviously, Pubsticks will do that now. Yes. But I mean, you know, what's the source of your motivation? Because I always believe that uh, ideas come to people that have nurtured their minds yes. uh, to receive such a, such a uh, thought. So, so, so Morris, so, I, I, I actually... You know, if, if one talks about personalities, uh, there are many, but uh, to me, I, I'm less inspired by uh, personalities as I am by uh, the way that uh, generations of people have, have done interesting things. 
and and I think as one travels around the world, and I've been very fortunate to to visit many countries over the years. Um, I think to me it's been less about individuals and more about um, wonderful things that you can pick up from different countries, mm. and and that that can be uh, all the way from uh, absolute discipline, uh, work ethic, uh, tenacity, uh, you know, um, teamwork, mm. the way that that teams work together, and and I think I think yeah, when you when you travel through the world and you see how different cultures of people create solutions to different problems there's huge inspiration to be found there uh, so, so not necessarily about an individual but here is a community which has overcome a problem and great adversity in different ways could you give us an example so uh, if one talks about uh, an absolute disciplined structured approach to work uh, the Japanese come to mind uh, on the other hand if one looks at people who are living uh, in, in, in situations where their natural resources are almost zero and they have uh, huge extremes in terms of uh, weather that they have to compete against. Uh, one can look, say, at the, the Scandinavians. Um, if, you, if you talk about you know, um, absolute tenacity uh, in getting things done no matter what adversity you face, I think uh, as a continent, Africans, uh, we do an exceptional job mm. in uh, saying it doesn't matter what we face, we, we just pull together and we get the job done. Mm. So I, I, think, I think that uh, if, one, if one goes around the world, I really do think uh, there's a lot of inspiration to be taken from uh, yeah, different cultures, different communities and the adversities which they faced now and in the past. Mm. Um, so yes, there, there, there's to me uh, uh, that that really does um, yeah, provide you with an energy because you know that uh, many people have, have been through much worse than, than you know you, you're facing and uh, they found different ways and uh, we have to, we have to uh, take up the baton and, and follow similar and I think in the world's history what we face right now requires that sort of approach to life mm. as you know people have been through worse than what we're going through before They've found a way through, and as I say, that's where you know generations uh, have, have proved. You know, you have to dig down deep and, and get through these things. And uh, to me, that's where the inspiration lies. It's almost like you're saying it takes a village. You know, they say it takes a village to raise a child. And Absolutely. you're talking about the team effort it takes to do this pop sticks exactly. to, to bring this idea to fruition. You know, you know? Yeah. Candice, I think when you when you're younger, it's it's easy to uh, for for it to be all about you. Yeah. Uh, as as you get older, you you very quickly realize uh, we all have our limitations, and if you want to get something done, you you better get a team around you because uh, you know uh, mm. in the competitive world in which we live. Mm. Uh, taken uh, out, you, yeah. you, you, you're not going to succeed there, there are some exceptional individuals uh, there's no doubt about that but uh, for, the bo for the most part uh, you need a team I, I don't think uh, you, uh, you could have put it any uh, better <laughs> than what you've just mentioned and uh, yeah we want to thank you so much for your time thank and you. thanks for giving us an opportunity to come in at the grassroots level uh, where you guys are still developing this beautiful product, which I have no doubt is going to succeed. Absolutely. And I would like to put uh, my foot in the door uh, right now and say we will definitely, if, if we can, at a later stage, 
uh, might not be, you know, it might, it might be a couple of months from now. It might be a few years from now. But we would love to sit down with you again. Absolutely. And I'll, just I'll uh, and just see exactly how far you've come. Yes. And and I, I, would, I would really welcome that. You're invited anytime. Thank you. And it's, it's lovely to share the journey uh, of Pubsticks with you. And uh, quite honestly, you know, without um, the support of, of, of people, teams such as yourselves, uh, you know, we would never have got the product out there and created the interest. And, and I think, um, uh, you know, we, we're all very, very grateful for the opportunity. Mm. Thank no, thank you, you so oh, much. That was brilliant. Thank <laughs> you. Thank you for listening. Follow the links on the page to learn more about Pupsticks. And don't forget to leave a review. Once you've sampled the product, you can find a place to do that at the bottom of this page. Can't This was produced by Spudcaster for baobalb.org.